Welcome to Dishing the Science with Dr. Sue. I'm your host, Dr. Sue Peterson. I'm a Canadian physician, a specialist in endocrinology and metabolism, and a diplomat of the American Board of Obesity Medicine. I draw on my over 20 years of clinical experience and my extensive research background to examine the complex issues surrounding weight management, diabetes, and overall health. Thanks for joining us today. Hi, everyone, and thanks for joining me on drsue.ca. That's D-R-S-U-E.ca. Today we're talking about whether we should consider intermittent treatment with weight loss medication instead of continuous treatment. The science behind weight regulation leaves no doubt that for the vast majority of people with obesity, weight management needs to be long-term. However, given that weight management medication is expensive, and given that many people may prefer not to be on treatment long-term, the question keeps arising from patients, from insurance payers, healthcare providers as well, as to whether intermittent or on-off treatment may be something we need to seriously consider. There's no clinical trials looking at intermittent treatment, but let's first review what we know about what happens when weight medication is stopped. Every study of weight management medication shows that when treatment is stopped, weight starts to go back up, even within the first month off of treatment. That's because the medication is providing a defense against our natural human biology, which powerfully drives weight regain after weight loss. And there's a link to a blog I wrote on that in my blog post. When medication is stopped, that defense is gone, hunger returns or increases with a vengeance, and weight almost always goes back up. We can draw similar analogies from other chronic medical issues like hypertension or elevated blood pressure. If you have good blood pressure control with medication and then stop the medication, what happens? Well, blood pressure goes back up. The blood pressure medication was controlling the high blood pressure, not curing it. And the same goes for weight management medication. More recently, we have a couple of studies looking at weight after a full year off of weight management medication. In the step one study of semaglutide 2.4 milligrams, which is Wagovi, uh, the same medication as semaglutide is also known as Ozempic at a lower dose for type 2 diabetes. In this study versus placebo, patients lost an average of 17.3% weight with semaglutide versus 2% with placebo. In the step one extension study, patients were then followed for a year after stopping treatment. After a year off of semaglutide, the group had regained an average of 11.6% weight. In other words, they were still down 5.6% in weight compared to their weight before starting semaglutide 2.4 milligrams. However, it's important to point out that the trajectory of the weight regain was still going up. If people had been followed further than a year, it's it's likely that weight regain would have been seen to continue. In the Surmount 4 study of trizepatide, which is called ZEP-bound, it's also known as Mounjaro for type 2 diabetes, the results of which have been presented but not yet published, all patients in the Surmount 4 study received terzepatide for the first 36 weeks. At that time, the average weight loss was 20.9% weight. For the next year, half of patients were randomized to continue terzepatide at the maximum tolerated dose, which was either 10 or 15 milligrams weekly, and the other half stopped treatment. Those who continued terzepatide lost additional weight for a total weight loss of 25.8%. Those that stopped medication regained just over half of the weight they had originally lost, though their weight was overall still 9.5% lower than their weight at the start of the study. Again here, the trajectory of the weight regain curve was still going up at the end of the study, suggesting that if the study had been continued for longer, that weight regain would have been seen to continue upward. 
So with an on-off or intermittent treatment approach, I would be really concerned that weight will yo-yo up and down, and we know this is damaging to human metabolism. It makes future weight loss attempts even harder, as I've blogged previously, and again, there's links to that in my blog post. We must also remember that when we are treating with weight management medication, we're improving or treating many other medical issues, such as blood sugars, blood pressure, fatty liver disease, sleep apnea, heart failure, and so on. With an on-off treatment approach, I would be really worried that these other weight-related health issues would deteriorate along with the weight regain phase of each yo-yo cycle. With semaglutide 2.4 milligrams, or Wagovi, now being proven to reduce cardiovascular events in people with obesity and cardiovascular disease, I would also be concerned that having only intermittent effects of semaglutide may not be enough to reduce heart attack and stroke risk. And a link to a blog I wrote on that is also in my post. To draw an analogy, we would not suggest intermittent treatment of cholesterol for people with cardiovascular disease. We want long-term continued treatment to provide long-term benefit. Now, in the context of current global shortages of both semaglutide and terzepatide, unfortunately, some people have been forced into an intermittent treatment regimen, and the global experience has been that of regain in weight, deterioration in other health parameters, and a lot of distress to the individual struggling physically, mentally, and from a quality of life perspective during the time that they can't get their medication. Personally, I don't feel that we need clinical trials of intermittent on-off therapy to tell us that this approach will not be of benefit. In the name of cutting cost of these expensive medications, could a lower maintenance dose be effective to control weight and related health issues long-term? Well, I think it would be reasonable to do studies to answer this question. That being said, in my experience with my own patients, when they decide they really want to try reducing the dose, they almost uniformly end up regaining weight and end up deciding to go back to the full dose that they were taking to begin with. At some point, the patents will expire on these medications, allowing biosimilar or what we think of as generic versions to be produced and purchased at a lower price. Liraglutide, uh, which is called Saxenda for obesity and Victoza for diabetes, will be the first of the GLP-1 class to lose its patent, with biosimilar versions starting to emerge likely next year. Until these medications are more reasonable in cost, and until the supply of these medications can meet the ever-increasing demand, there may be no choice but to find alternative strategies. Treating at a lower dose consistently, in my view, would be better than an on-off approach. That's it for today. Check me out on X or Twitter at Dr. Sue Peterson and check me out on www.drsue.ca and share this blog using your favorite social media link in my post. Thanks for listening to Dishing the Science with Dr. Sue. For more information about current hot topics and science relating to obesity, diabetes, and overall health, check out the show notes for links and visit drsue.ca. That's D-R-S-U-E C-A. Don't forget to leave a review and subscribe to this podcast on your favorite listening platforms. Medical discussion on this podcast is of a general nature only, not designed to give specific medical advice to individuals nor their individual healthcare providers, and is intended for a Canadian audience.